Our first uh, scripture reading this morning is from the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, uh, chapter 21, verses 1 through 7. This is, uh, again, that vision that John has. He says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them as their God. They will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more, for the first things have passed away. And the one who is seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. Then he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water as a gift from the spring of the water of life. Those who conquer will inherit these things, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. And friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So as I begin, I want to sort of take issue with uh, you from last week. I told a story at 8 o'clock that went over so well, and then when I told it again here at 1030, I felt like I got crickets. I just want to know I'm disappointed in you. <laughs> and because of that, I'm going to try again. I'm going to tell you another a story that uh, Jay Leno told when I went and saw him uh, last month at the American Music Theater in Lancaster told a story about a Jewish boy who was doing terribly in school. He was making F's in all of his subjects, and especially in math, that was where he was the weakest. And so the father of the boy uh, had a friend, and the friend said, listen, why don't you send your boy to the Catholic school? He said, we can't do that. We're Jewish. We can't send the Jewish boy to Catholic school. He said, no, 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 no. You don't have to re-enroll in that school. Just have him come for math only one hour a day, five days a week. He said, you think you make that happen? I'll talk to the Monsignor. I'm sure it'll work out. Sure enough, he got the boy, the Jewish boy, into Catholic school. And he started going. First time, they have a quiz, he makes an A in math. Second time, on a test, he makes an A. Midterm, A. Final exam, A. Makes an A for the quarter in math at the Catholic school. The parents are stunned. They're dumbfounded. They want to know, how could this be? You are failing in math at the Jewish school. We send you to the Catholic school, and you're making straight A's. Why are you doing so well? And so the little boy told him, he said, well, the first day I stepped into class, I saw this man hanging on a plus sign. I got so scared, I needed to make good grades after that. <laughs> All right, now we got it. <laughs> well, throughout this season of Lent, we've been talking about the man hanging on the plus sign, the cross. I've been preaching on the I am statements of Jesus. These are the claims that Jesus made about himself. He has already told us who he is. I am the light of the world. I am the good shepherd. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the bread of life. I am the true vine. And then last week on Easter, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. And so these are kind of word portraits 
of who Jesus says he is. Someone once asked Yogi Berra, who was the greatest baseball player who ever lived? And Yogi Berra said, well, there was Babe Ruth, then nobody, and then a lot of guys tied for third. <laughs> a lot of people kind of characterized Jesus that way. He was the greatest, the best, head and shoulders above any religious figure who has ever lived. The Israelites expected a Marvel Comics adventure type hero who would mop up the floor of those terrible, awfully mean Romans. They expected the Messiah to be a father like Abraham, a, a deliverer like Moses, a warrior like David with the biceps of Samson, all wrapped up in one titanic figure. Sometimes we forget that the one who came for us, lived for us, died for us, and was raised for us, and someday will take us home, was more than just a good prophet, more than just a moral teacher, but that he is the great I am. And today I'm kind of bringing the curtain down and closing out my series on the I am statements of Jesus with another dramatic claim that Jesus makes. This time it's in the book of Revelation to John the Apostle while he was in exile on the island of Patmos. Jesus says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. And this claim of Jesus appears three times in the book of Revelation. Right away in chapter one, verse eight, earlier, which I read for you in chapter 21, verse six, and now in Revelation chapter 22, verse 13. So I will invite you to join me as I read a very short passage from Revelation chapter 22, verses 12 and 13. Jesus says, see, I am coming soon. My reward is with me to repay according to everyone's work. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. And friends, this is, as well, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, the uh, image here that comes to us in the book of Revelation chapter 21, as we kind of begin, is that which has uh, the beginning of God's new creation. Heaven and earth themselves are transformed and God is bringing his great redemptive drama to its final conclusion. And the image here that John uses is that of a great wedding. The holy city, the new Jerusalem, which stands for the people of God, is coming down out of heaven from God as a bride beautifully adorned for her husband. And this image of a bride and a groom fully united tells us what God has in store for us as his people. And over the years, I've done a ton of weddings. And having done this for as long as I've done this, nothing seems to surprise me anymore. Last year, I officiated at a wedding of all places, the Yogi Bear Jellystone Park. The bride and groom even requested that Yogi Bear be the ring bearer. I'm not making this up. Well, one of the highlights of every wedding is, uh, is the processional. Because first comes the wedding party, and you have the bridesmaids, and you have the groomsmen, and you have a flower girl, and you have a ring bearer. And of course, you have the groom. And then after everybody's kind of assembled up front, there's this, there's this pause. There's this kind of dramatic stirring as uh, the music kind of shifts, the people stand, and everybody turns, and there she is. The bride, all of her beauty and glory, walking down to meet her groom. It's probably one of the most moving parts of the service. Of course, the bride is always so beautiful. 
Well, that's the image that is being used here in Revelation chapter 21 as God's people. The bride is the church, which in essence is you and me. And in this high and holy moment in Revelation, we are brought into full communion and fellowship with God at the renewal of all things. It says in Revelation chapter 21 verse 3 that God will dwell with his people forever and be their God. It's a time when he will wipe every tear from our eyes. It's a time when he will turn history right side up once and for all. It's a time when death itself will be no more. And at the head of it all is Jesus Christ who proclaims it is finished. He says it is done, literally means it has occurred as he declares himself the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. This wedding will take place because Jesus Christ is the first and final word. And he who began a good work will bring God's good plan to its, to its full conclusion. Jesus said, I am the Alpha and the Omega. Now, you probably know about as much Greek as I have because I've forgotten a bunch in seminary, but this much I know, and I bet you do too. Alpha and Omega are what in the Greek alphabet? The first and the last letters, right? It signifies the beginning and the end. So he who brought everything into existence is going to bring it all to a conclusion. He who was before all time and is the great I am is the same being who will be the same for all time. He is sovereign. He is the one who reigns supreme. And even in the midst of nations raging and warring against one another, Things seem to be spiraling out of control. Only Jesus Christ is the one who is able to reach back into our past, wipe out all our mistakes, all our failures, all the things we could have ever done wrong. They are all gone by his blood and through his grace. And so the promise here in Revelation is that Jesus will bring all things to a holy conclusion because he is the Alpha and the Omega. One of my uh, favorite uh, praise songs is a, is a Michael W. Smith praise song. It's important because he speaks of the supremacy of Jesus Christ as the great I am. He sings, you are Lord of lords, you are King of kings, you are mighty God, Lord of everything. You're Emmanuel, you're the great I am, you're the Prince of Peace, who is the Lamb? You're the living God, you're my saving grace, you will reign forever, you're ancient of days, you're Alpha, Omega, beginning and end. You're my Savior, Messiah, Redeemer and Friend. You're my Prince of Peace and I will live my life for you. Did you hear it? He is Alpha, Omega, beginning and end. Now when Jesus says, I am the first and the last, what is he the start of actually? Well, for this, we need to go back to first things first and that's to the beginning of the world. Genesis 1.1 says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And so the same God who created the universe, the same God who threw the Milky Way up into the sky, the same God who scooped out the oceans with his hands, the same God who etched the Grand Canyon with his index finger and then wrote in the sky sunsets and rainbows is also the Alpha and the Omega. We have those wonderful words that the Apostle Paul shared with the Colossians. He said, Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God. In him, all things were created. All things were created through him and for him. And in him, all things hold together. And so you see, the God who holds the universe, holds it together, is the same God who's holding you and me. 
Even Voltaire, that renowned atheist, said, the world embarrasses me and I cannot dream that this watch exists and has no watchmaker. Well, friends, the watchmaker is God, who is the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end, who is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now, in Jesus being the Alpha and the Omega, we're also saying something important, that he is our one constant reality in life. Before a lot of things went online, I used to receive in the mail from Gordon College, the college I attended, their alumni magazine, which was called Still Point. It's named after a very famous T.S. Eliot poem in which he refers to Jesus Christ as the still point in an ever-turning universe. In other words, there is one changing, universal, absolute, pivotal truth for every person in the whole world, and he is Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, that certainly runs counter to all the things that seem to change in life, doesn't it? Relationships change, our health changes, our jobs change, the economy changes, the weather changes, hopefully for the better now. But everything in life seems to change. Everything is constantly moving. Everything's in flux. Everything's in transition. So what is it that remains the same even when everything else around us is changing? What is the one sure and certain hope we have even when everything around us is unsure and uncertain? The Bible says in Hebrews 13, verse 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's that still point in an ever-turning world, the one absolute upon which we can depend upon amidst all the other uncertainties in life. You see, when Jesus declares that he is the Alpha and the Omega, which is the first and the last letter of the Greek alphabet, it's like saying he's the A to Z and then everything else in between. I shared this story a couple of months ago, but I want to share it with you again because it makes the point. And it's the time that I went to see my pastor friend, John Minahan, who at the time was uh, shepherding a church in Ohio. And one day we took a ride to Canton to, to, the, to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And it was great. It was a great experience for me to walk through that museum and see how the history of football began, to see the uniforms, all the memorabilia, which from from then to now is over 100 years of the NFL's history. And we walked into that one room, and here were these illuminated bronze busts of all of the inductees into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I have to tell you, it was almost like we were in a cathedral walking on sacred ground as we stared into the faces of these giants of the game. And we went all around the room looking at the best and the greatest that the NFL has ever produced. From A to Z, from Herb Adderley to Gary Zimmerman, all 363 members of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Well, friends, Jesus Christ is our A to Z. He said, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. He is the completeness of God's redemptive drama. And as the author of that drama, Jesus Christ stands before it, behind it, above it, below it, in the middle of it, and yes, yes, even beyond it. So this morning, I'm going to close out this message by reading from one of the great theological minds of the 20th century, Dr. Seuss.
And I'm going to read a portion to you from a book that he wrote called On Beyond Zebra. Said Conrad Cornelius O'Donnell O'Dell, my very young friend who is learning to spell. The A is for ape, the B is for bear, the C is for camel, and the H is for hare. The M is for mat, mouse, and the R is for rat. I know all 26 letters like that. Through to Z is for zebra. I know them all well, said Conrad Cornelius O'Donnell O'Dell. So now I know everything anyone knows from beginning to end, from the start to the close, because Z is as far as the alphabet goes. Then he almost fell flat on his face on the floor when I picked up the chalk and drew one letter more, a letter he had never dreamed of before. I said, you can stop if you want with the Z, because most people stop with the Z, but not me. In the places I go, there are things that I see that I never could spell if I stopped with the Z. I'm telling you this because you're one of my friends. My alphabet starts where your alphabet ends. My alphabet starts with a letter called Yuz. It's the letter I use to spell Yuzimatuz. You'll be sort of surprised what there is to be found once you go beyond Z and start poking around. So on beyond zebra, explore like Columbus. Discover new letters like Wum is for Wumbus, my high-spouting whale who lives high on a hill and who never comes down until it's time to refill. So on beyond Z, it's high time you were shown that you really don't know all there is to be known. If you stay home with zebra, you're stuck in a rut. But on beyond zebra, you're anything but. What is Dr. Seuss saying in On Beyond Zebra? I think what he means is, just as we have been given 26 letters with which to spell our words, we also have certain categories that we have developed into which we fit experiences of life. So, for example, we have a category in mind with that of dogs. You know, we see a golden retriever or a beagle. Okay, we fit them into this category of dogs. But sometimes we have categories without any real instances, like the Loch Ness Monster, Bigfoot, UFOs, a New York Giants winning season. These, these are categories without any real instances or experiences. When Jesus says, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, this claim comes without any category because Jesus rips the seams out of every straitjacket that we try to fit him into. He is beyond zebra. And not even the 26 letters of the alphabet can adequately help us grasp and understand the nature of Jesus Christ. But friends, I'm here to tell you that in him, it all becomes complete. And by faith, we find our completeness in him. Jesus Christ stands at the beginning, the middle, and the end of history, and at the beginning of all eternity as Lord of all. And all who trust in him will find their fullness in him and be made whole again. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Would you join me in prayer? Let us pray. Lord God, for most of us here today, at some point in our lives, we invited you into our hearts, and that's a good thing. But today, Jesus, we offer you lordship over our lives, our whole entire lives. You are the great I am, the Alpha and the Omega. Help us to know this truth, believe this truth, speak this truth, embrace this truth, 
Obey this truth because you said it. And it is a promise from beginning to end and yes, even beyond. God, give us a hunger for you and for your word. Give us the discipline to seek your truth. Equip us and prepare us for battle with your truth in the world in which we live. To the glory of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.